are now listening to Like a Local Podcast, the podcast that allows you to trip without falling into tourist traps. Think of your next destination, then having a local share of the best places to stay, eat, drink, and what to do. Time is money, and these ladies are saving you time and preventing you from looking like a tourist. Here are your hosts, Katie Hilton and Stephanie Gerard. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back or welcome to Like a Local Podcast, the podcast that allows you to trip without falling into tourist traps. My name is Stephanie. My name is Katie. <laughs> I, I, wasn't sure if you, I wasn't sure if you were going to say your last name, so I paused and waited. <laughs> Me neither. I decided to, to not go with it, but we are your hosts, and I hope you have your, your passports for this week's episode because we are traveling to Toronto, Canada. Oh. And Katie just lifted up a card that said four instead of fur, because I just said fur instead of four. Just, just for everybody listening for everybody listening, I put a note on my laptop to say four instead of fur, but like, obviously nobody kill me because I am very guilty of saying fur still. So yeah, we'll, we're, we're getting there. We'll learn. Well, before we get into today's episode, Let's talk facts about Toronto, or as the locals call it, Toronto. 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 Um, there were a couple of fun facts, but I feel like we can't not talk about how two of our favorite men are from there. Two of my favorite men are from there. Drake and Justin. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. And oh, I wonder what Drake's last name is. That's such a good question. Oh my I'm God, I'm Google such a it. faux fan. I'm going to go bing it. Okay, well, why you bing that? Is that website really still live? Probably. Oh. While you bing that, I want to ask you a question. I'll go, I'm going to go ask Jeeves. But- it's Aubrey Drake Graham. Oh, cute. Yeah, Very cute. Would you rather go to a Drake concert or a JB concert? I've been to a Drake concert. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. So new question. What's your favorite Drake song? I, this was like eight years ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't not like him. I just, I don't, I don't keep up with music these days. How embarrassing. Yeah. No, I picture you at the Drake concert, how I was in Nashville, just not knowing any of the words. Oh, no, no, no. I knew the words. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, no, I have names. No, but it was, yeah, no, I just, I, I can't say that I've kept up with this new stuff. Like I know some of his new stuff, oh, but I that's don't. Fine. Are you like, do you like Marvin's room? Is there a song like a little bit? Um, you're gonna have to give me more. You're gonna have to give me more. It's, it's, it's I would a- ask you to sing. I would ask you to sing. I'd ask you to rap, but knowing your tone deaf self, that would not be of much help. So it's. A remix. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me see. Oh, All Me. I like this song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Got everything. No. Oh. I got everything. There it is. There it and is. That I, didn't sound like it at all. It didn't. And But I'm glad that you're acknowledging it. Okay. And then back to my original question. Would you rather do a Drake or JB concert? Probably Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I don't know. I, so Justin Bieber was too, like, I didn't grow up with Justin Bieber. You didn't have JB fever. I didn't have that. I'm a little bit older than you. Mm -hmm. So I think that he would, I think his concert would be very, very fun, but I think I know more of Drake stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you? This is going to hard for you. Oh, I'm torn. Oh, I'm so torn. I think my, my fifth grade self would be so disappointed in me saying this. And I, but we evolve, we change, we evolve, we evolve. And I think I'm going to go Drake. I think I'm going to go Drake. I I think it would be more. (laughs) Yeah. Don't tell Justin, please, please, please. And, and don't tell Haley. Don't tell Haley. I was just about to say, well, when we meet Haley, oh gosh, I won't tell her. Anyways, um, let's move into today's episode. Tell us a little bit more about Toronto. Well, today we have our first international episode and we couldn't be more anxious to alpaca our bags to visit Toronto, Toronto, which you'll later learn that's the right way to pronounce it. We interviewed Aaron Hines and I've got to tell y'all, the travel bug never ceases to amaze me. Aaron helped move Toronto up my list of all the cities we've covered so far. It's like a souped up version of NYC, but not as exhausting. 
Erin was a delight to chat with and comes with a very impressive resume. She is a content creator and host of her own travel podcast called Alpaca My Bags. I correlate some of her research and interviews to be very Anthony Bourdain-esque, like parts unknown. Not only does she cover topics like dark tourism, but she also talks about LGBTQ plus travel and the black travel movement and how to be a responsible tourist. I'm reading this straight from her website because she said it best. Topics covered include dark tourism, Topics covered include dark tourism, sustainable travel, volunteerism, travel privilege, and what it means to travel authentically, and so much more. Alpaca My Bags has been in the top 10 charts in six different countries and was a finalist in last year's People's Choice Podcast Awards. How neat is that, people? Go subscribe and follow her on social media. There's so much value to what she's putting out there. I can't even describe it to you. Go subscribe and follow her on social media. She is your guide to traveling mindfully, not to mention her voice is so comforting and we wanted to talk for so much longer, but eventually we had to like go to bed. And anyways, without further ado, let's get into the best places to dine, drink, stay, and play during your next visit to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right, everyone, we are going international this week and getting the local lowdown of Toronto, Ontario with local Aaron Hines. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on today. We can't wait to hear all about the six Drake fans. We'll get that reference, hopefully. But before we get into the lowdown of Toronto, we would love for you to give the lowdown on who you are. Hi, so I'm Aaron Hines. I am a content marketer and I also run my own travel blog which is called Pina Travels. And I also host a travel podcast, which is called Alpaca My Bags. And both my blog and my podcast um, focus a lot on how to travel in a way that is mindful and responsible. And what do you mean by traveling responsibly? It just means looking at travel as an opportunity to learn and to grow as a person, but also to treat like the people and the cultures and the environment and animals that you encounter with respect. Um, I think a lot of people view travel through the lens of like, oh, it's vacation. I get to do whatever I want and just like drink and chill. Responsible travel is about like just thinking a little bit broader than that and thinking about the actual impact that you're having on the communities that you encounter when you travel. Love that. So interesting. We we need more people to listen to that and respect those boundaries, I think. Yeah, I think I saw an episode about animal wildlife tourism and I was like, oh, Katie would love this. Katie is a very um, big animal advocate. Mm, you should listen to it. It was so good. I recorded with Natasha Daly and she uh, is a writer for the National Geographic and spent like two years um, researching wildlife tourism around the world. And I learned so much in that episode. It like completely changed how I view like animal encounters while traveling. The main takeaway of the episode really was just like, don't, don't like do any kind of animal encounter that involves like interacting with an animal. It should only be like observing animals from afar. If you're only observing, like you're in pretty safe territory. Yeah. And our, we did an Outer Banks episode, which is um, beaches off the coast of North Carolina and she, and there's a bunch of wild horses and, um, the girl that we interviewed, she was like, one thing that everybody needs to note is if you want to go see the wild horses, you need to just like, see them from afar. Do not go touch them. Do not go feed them because yeah. Yeah. like the population is dwindling. And if you go and like, try to do anything with them, it's only going to make their, Mm-hmm. population population decrease even sooner. yeah because it, okay. it like slowly domesticates them and then they become reliant on like tourists which is not what they're supposed to be doing they're supposed to be wild mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but okay back to happy things <laughs> um <laughs> didn't mean to bring us down um so toronto my first question is can you share with us and our listeners why someone should consider coming to visit ontario Toronto to be specific. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, like I'm biased because I absolutely love Toronto. It's the most amazing city I've ever lived in, in my life. And I've lived in like six different cities. Um, so that's saying a lot. Um, I think that you should visit Toronto just because it's such a vibrant and diverse and beautiful city. Um, 
Um, and I think what makes it special is that it really just has something for everyone. If you're into food, like there's an amazing food scene, there's an art scene, nightlife, tons of green space. Like you have access to the outdoors so easily from the city. Um, yeah. And one thing I especially love about Toronto is that it just has many different boroughs and neighborhoods and all of them feel like their own small community. So even when you're in like Canada's biggest city, it doesn't really feel like you are because every little borough is really small and community oriented. And that's actually where the term the six comes from. Like that's what Drake was referencing, the six core boroughs of Toronto. Oh, that's a great segue. Do you have specific ones that you would recommend somebody to stay in before we get into like hotels and Airbnbs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I know that like lots of tourists stay in the financial district and the region called Harborfront, um, which is sort of the downtown core of the city. That's where you have like skyscrapers and it feels like kind of kind of like New York, but not really. Um, and there's a lot of like attractions around there, which is, I get why tourists stay there because you're close to all those mainstream attractions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really recommend that people go outside of the core because that's where you find like more of the like vibrancy in the culture. Um, so I live in the West end of the city, so I'm definitely biased and like tell everyone to stay in the West end. Mm -hmm. Um, so neighborhoods like the annex, little Italy, Koreatown, little Portugal, Parkdale of all of those neighborhoods are my personal favorites. And a lot of them have Airbnbs now. Um, and there's also like some really nice boutique hotels, um, throughout those neighborhoods. Do you have any hotels that you want to specifically call out for our listeners? Yeah, in my neighborhood, there's the Annex Hotel, which is really cool. It's only got like six or eight rooms and each one is like um, decorated differently. And it's like right on Bloor Street, which is a really busy and vibrant street. Um, so you're in a really great location and the subway's right there as well. So like even if you want to go downtown to the like mainstream attractions, you can get there easily. Um, the Gladstone and the Drake Hotel are also really popular sort of artsy hotels that are in the West end of the city. Which one of those three are the most budget friendly? I think they're all pretty expensive. I honestly think like if you're looking for a budget hotel, you probably have to do one of the like mainstream chains yeah. um, like Econo or like Marriott. Um, other than that, like most of the hotels in the city are considered boutique. There are some hostels though. Um, there's a cool hostel in Kensington Market. I'm not sure what it's called, but if you Google just hostel Toronto, it'll come up and you could stay in a dorm room. Um, but they also have private rooms usually, and that would probably be your cheapest option for a private room. Oh, and, cool. and you have experience staying in hostels, correct? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Have I've stayed been, in like tons of hostels. <laughs> majority of the times, have they been good experiences? Yeah. I'd say overall really good experiences. And they've also led to like really amazing friendships. I'm mm -hmm. still like very close with a lot of people that I met in hostels, including my partner who I live with now. Oh, wow. <laughs> we met in a hostel meet? in Greece in a hostel. Oh my um, gosh. Mama Mia. <laughs> yeah, <amazing>. truly. <laughs> so yeah, I like, I love hostels. The only thing is like, as we've gotten older, like we're both 30 now and like, we kind of like our privacy. So we often yeah. will opt to stay in a private room within a hostel so that we still get like the social aspect, but have like the privacy of a room. If I was solo traveling though, I would absolutely still stay in hostel dorms. Wow. That's cool. Do the private rooms usually have blocks on the doors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. They're honestly like hotel rooms. They, they lock, like they often have their own bathroom. It's just like a little hotel room. They're pretty like small generally and pretty, like you won't get a TV or anything fancy. It'll be very like bare bones, but they're totally comfortable if you're traveling on a budget. This is um, not really related, but it's kind of related. Um, do you follow Unilad on Instagram? Um, no. you, I don't really know exactly what they're thing is, but they have just like a bunch of really interesting interviews and stuff. But there was this one, I think I follow Unilad travel it, or it could have been on Unilad anyways. Um, but it was like these two guys who went to Vietnam or Cambodia and they had like a $20 budget. They're like, I want to see what we can do with $20. And I think they stayed in two or three different hostels and it was like a dollar 25. And if they wanted breakfast, it was oh my like, gosh, 
a dime and like they went and showed you like the living situation and like how clean the rooms were. There was one where it was just like a room with, it was just bunks that were closed, like that had curtains and they were like, it was so clean. It was actually really comfortable. Um, but it was crazy that they were able to stay there for three nights mm. and for that cheap. Yeah. For, for that cheap, but also like it looked safe and it looked clean. Yeah. Honestly, like in Southeast Asia, especially in Vietnam, we stayed in like really nice hostels that were five to $10 a night in dorm rooms. Wow. Um, you just have to look at the reviews, honestly. Like if you just read through the reviews, you, you can usually find like the bad parts. Like if, if people have a bad experience, they're going to say it. So sometimes like what we would do is we wouldn't go for like the cheapest of the cheap. We would like bump it up a dollar or two, and then you would find yourself like in a pretty comfortable hostel. Um, I think like the cheapest one we ever got was in India and we paid literally like $2 a night for a private room. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. And what's, I know it's definitely going to vary, but what is the bathroom situation like for most hostels? Uh, it depends. So like, it really, really varies. Some hostel rooms will have like, you'll be in a dorm with say like six other beds and there will be a bathroom within there. So you're sharing with six people. When I was solo traveling, I would always go for like women only dorms, which was really nice. So you're just sharing with like five other women and you all share the one bathroom. That's like the most comfortable situation. I would say I also though have stayed in, like, I stayed in a hostel in Berlin that had like 20 beds in it in this one dorm room. And like, it just had like a public washroom basically with like stalls and we were sharing with men. Like that was definitely like, I could only swing that in my early twenties. I would not be doing that now. Um, so yeah, it really, really varies. You definitely have to check what the bathroom situation will be, how many people you'll be sharing with. (laughs) And then this is a random question, but is there a particular like site that you should go and read hostile reviews on? Or do you, would you say like, Oh, you're shaking your head. So yeah, I would say I usually use hostel world. That's sort of the main, like the most popular, um, booking site for hostels, but, um, hot tip. What I do is I look up the reviews and I see like who has availability. And then instead of booking through hostel world, I email them directly to book because hostel world takes a cut. So you end up paying a little bit more and then the hostel also has to pay a little bit more. So most hostels, if you email or call them directly, they'll be very happy because you'll get a lower rate and they'll actually get more of the actual money for your stay. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of a win-win for everyone. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. I've never considered staying at a hostel. So I'm glad that we had this conversation and that you recommended (laughs) that because and especially that we can like check the reviews and like what, how, how the experience actually is. But, um, back to, back to the original question was like where to stay. So you would say like hotels and then hostels and Airbnbs would kind of like tie for second. Yeah, definitely. And I actually, I know because we used to Airbnb our own apartment here in Toronto, um, pre COVID, like when we were comfortable having other people in our house, we would rent out the second bedroom in our apartment. Um, so I know that you can get Airbnbs for like a pretty good price in really nice neighborhoods in Toronto. And like, you can also get like really nice, like people rent out their condos and stuff. And then you have like a condo with a beautiful view and a kitchen and a nice bathroom. So I think that Airbnb is actually a really good way to go if you're coming to Toronto. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Before we move into our next segment, let's backtrack a little bit for Americans coming in one, you do need your passport, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Two currency. Let's chat through that. Um, how, how does that work? Canadian dollar. I can only speak to like my experience going to the U S which is usually that I'll take out American cash before I go. So I would say if you're coming to Canada from the U S consider taking out some cash in advance. Um, but you can also use your credit cards. Like they'll work everywhere. Um, and there's ATMs everywhere. Um, especially now, like, like as we move into post pandemic times, I think like most people are switching to cards for Mm -hmm. the most part. So you're probably fine. Um, most credit cards are used here. I think Americans will be surprised because if you use a credit card here, you 
have to like stick it in the machine and put in a pin. You can't like sign, which I used to work in a restaurant and Americans always were surprised by that. Huh? Interesting. But okay. I'm glad that we got that checked off (laughs) next transportation. Do you guys have Uber and should we depend on Uber probably and our feet? Yep. Um, Uber is good. I would say like TTC. So that's the, that's what we call our subway system. Um, the TTC is like pretty affordable and it takes you like to all the best parts of the city. Um, so there's like an underground subway you can take. There's also buses. Um, and we have what's called streetcars. Um, it's too bad. Cause like for years they had like these really old streetcars that had existed on Toronto streets for like a hundred years. And just in the last two years, they replaced them all with new ones. Um, but the new ones are really like, they work really well. They're faster. So I guess oh. that's good. Um, <laughs> oh. and there's a TTC app. So if you're visiting and you haven't used the TTC before, you can just download the app, um, to set yourself up for paying fare and to also like figure out routes. Um, other than that, just Ubers. There's also like, it's kind of like New York, there's cabs everywhere. So if you ever like, just want to flag a cab, you can do that too. And we also have a bike share system. I'm a big cyclist. Like I cycle everywhere in the city and, um, the bike share program is pretty good. Like it's pretty affordable and you can rent a bike for like five bucks for the day and just bring it all over the city. And there's like bike lanes. So it's a good way to get around. Yeah, that's fun. Cool. And then last question. So we're recording this on August 2nd. I don't think any of our listeners are going to like book a trip to Toronto in the next week, but Canada doesn't reopen to Americans until what was the date, Katie? Do you remember? Ninth. The ninth, August 9th, right? August 9th. Oh, that's soon. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So just so just for our listeners, um, wait, you're, you're going to have to wait a few days, a few more days. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then you also were going to ask about oh, language. What? Yeah. And then I, and then <laughs> here was my thought process. I was like, I need to ask about language, but then I was like, wait, I feel like everybody that I know from Toronto, which is just like Drake, Justin, you, like I, <laughs> everybody speaks English. So I was like, wait, is that a stupid question? But will we be to Montreal thing? I don't know. Yeah. What, what language, what's the, the main language? Okay. It's fair to be confused about that because Canada technically has two official languages, uh, English and French. So mm-hmm. when I was growing up, like I did learn French in school. Um, I think like across Canada, most people do. So like I'm technically fluent in French as well, but in Ontario, which is the province next to Quebec. So if you're in Quebec, like everyone speaks French. If you're in Mm -hmm. Ontario, most people speak English. Um, But like you'll notice signage or like TTC announcements and stuff maybe in French as well. Um, But Toronto is really cool because it's a super multicultural city. It's actually one of the most multicultural cities in North America. Um, There are over, I think, 180 languages and dialects that are actively spoken in the city. So honestly, like most of the people I know speak like two to three languages, depending on what their heritage is. Um, So it's super common to walk around and hear like Mandarin, um, Punjabi, like so many different languages are spoken here. Okay. First of all, why is the United States is, why are they so behind? Like, why can't we learn, you know, why can't we be fluent in two to three languages? Cause we live in our own little world. I but I thought <laughs> Americans learned Spanish. Don't you learn Spanish in school? It's funny you say that. Cause I grew up up North, like in New Hampshire and in the school systems, we were taught French. Like that's what you were taught. But then when my family moved down South to North Carolina, the school systems taught Spanish. So I think that it really just depends on where you live in the United States. Mm, Um, And I also went to a magnet school, like K through two, and we did learn Spanish, but then, um, the school district changed. So I wasn't in the magnet school anymore. And so like they didn't have Spanish. And so, I mean, I took Spanish in middle school and high school, but and then also some in college, but I'm, I'm not fluent. Like it wasn't like a, a big thing to continue yeah. or to keep up with. Right. Cause it's, I guess it's not like actively spoken like out in yeah. public. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I will like make this caveat, like Toronto is 
the most like urban region of Canada and it is not reflective of like the rest of Ontario or the rest of mm-hmm. the country like if you leave Toronto the multiculturalism like very quickly yeah like you don't see it as much um it really changes when you leave the city like Toronto is really like a little microcosm within the country mm-hmm. yeah um, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah. One last question. Where do you, where do you typically see most tourists from? I'll be honest with you. Like I don't encounter that many tourists because I never go to the financial district or the Harbor front, <laughs> like the places mm-hmm. that tourists go. And I think this is true of any like really popular tourist destination where the tourists go locals don't go like we just don't go there because it's annoying because there's so many tourists yeah, yeah. no it's so, so true. but I used to work like in a area that was um really like touristy and honestly like it's really hard to say I I would see people from literally all over the world um and different tour groups like operating in different languages um yeah I really think like I'd say like, I've def- I definitely know Europeans come, a lot of people from China come, a lot of people from Japan, actually like lots of, part of parts of Asia, India, I think like the entire world comes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now that we have a pillow for our heads, let's move into our next segment and talk about the culinary scene. So Aaron, what are your top three restaurants in the city? Okay. This was like so tough for me to think about, but okay. So for brunch there's so many places like there's so much good food in Toronto it's mm-hmm. honestly it's unbelievable um the powwow cafe which is in Kensington market um is a really awesome brunch spot because it's really unique they serve indigenous inspired dishes um so for example if you go like you have to try the Ojibwe styled fry bread um yeah, it's really good. It's affordable. They have a beautiful patio and you get to try like a little bit of indigenous food. Um, that's like indigenous to Canada. Say that again. What should we order? It's called the Ojibwe style fry bread. Oh, okay. (laughs) So basically it's like, I'll be bad at explaining this. (laughs) It's like fry bread that's done in the way that Ojibwe used to do it. And Ojibwe is like an indigenous nation to Canada. Oh, cool. Is, is it kind of like non? I don't know how to describe it. Like I would actually say it's more kind of like cornbread. Um, I haven't had it in a while, so I really don't know how to describe it. Like mm. it's good. Well, if there's anything you. you need to know, it's that it's really good. Okay, we trust you. <laughs> Question. What do you call Toronto people? People from Toronto? Torontonians. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Torontonians. So <laughs> also, I'll, I'll also tell you like, this is, I think this is really funny because anyone who's been to Toronto says Toronto people don't say Toronto. Like when you guys say it, you say Toronto, but if you're in Toronto, you don't say that you say Toronto. The second T is like, Oh, okay. Okay. That's how you know if someone's actually from Toronto or not. (laughs) Oh, you won't catch me saying with the T anymore. Don't worry. Toronto. That's great because then everyone will think you're from here when you visit. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. So does that have anything? Okay. Sorry, does that have anything to do with the French language? No, I think it's really just like developed out of like there's a slight accent to this like region of Canada, and it's probably just a product of that. The reason I ask is because I have a French tutor now, and I re- I'm cutting this out. We're not putting this in there because I'm just like an <laughs> idiot. But um, I recently learned that H was a vowel in the French language. Oh. So that's why I was asking. I didn't know that either. If, Whoa. Well, that's what my tutor said. Hmm. Maybe she's wrong. I just had to like, do like a quick now fact I feel check, so- like A E I O U. Yeah. A E I H is in a vowel in the American <laughs> language. Um, anyways, back to my, why I asked. So Torontoans, Torontoans, <laughs> Torontonians, Torontonian. In that case, you do say the second T. Okay. I know it's confusing. Okay. okay. So Torontonians, when they brunch, how do they brunch? Do they go and get mimosas? Like, is it like, because I feel like in America, like girls love to brunch. brunch. Is a, it's yeah. an event. Yeah, it's an event. Yeah, it's definitely an event here. Like there's definitely places where like people will wait two hours in line to like get on the patio and then drink like bottomless mimosas. Okay. Um, 
I think there's different styles of brunch. There's sort of the like fancy brunch where you dress up. Like, I don't know the name of it, but there's a really famous place like in the financial district that's at the top of a building where you can go for brunch. And this is like high-end brunch where you're paying more money, but like you get a beautiful view of the city and people dress up for that. Um, And then there's like really chill and laid back brunch um, where you just go and like lounge on a patio for hours and like drink Caesars. Love that. Caesars. The Caesar. Oh, you don't know what a Caesar is? Maybe that's a Canadian thing, actually. Oh my gosh, what it's, is it? It's a brunch drink that we drink. It's like tomato juice with spices and vodka. Oh, I think, is that a oh, Bloody, Bloody Mary? Mary? It's the Canadian version of a Bloody Mary, but we oh. make it with Clamato juice, which I don't think America has. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> um, So another personal favorite is Tandu Ramen. I'm a big ramen person. Ramen is like pretty popular in Toronto, I must say. Okay. Um, there are a lot of ramen restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only one Okinawan restaurant in Toronto for ramen. Um, so they serve classic ramen as well as Okinawan dishes. Um, Okinawa is like an island in Japan. So it's like okay. really specific like cuisine from Japan. Um, so yeah, Tandu Ramen. And they have like a cute little patio and you can get like ramen, but you can also get other dishes um, and they serve like Japanese beer. It's a really nice spot. My third recommendation is La Palette, um, which is a bit of a fancier place. Um, they make hands down the best French food in the city. The ambiance is so nice and you truly feel like you're in a French cafe. I don't know if you've been to Paris, but like one of the things you notice in Paris is that a lot of the restaurants have these sort of like red um, canopies that come out and they have just like this aesthetic to them. This Mm -hmm. is the only French restaurant that I've ever been to in Toronto that like really genuinely has that same aesthetic and the dish, the food is like just as good. Um, so yeah, it's a great spot. Like if you want to try different wines, they import a lot of their wines from France. Um, and they have like a rotating menu of different interesting dishes. Like last time I went there, I had elk, which was like Canadian, um, Canadian elk. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is. I've never, I've never had elk. Is that (laughs) a common thing to eat in Canada? Uh, not in the city. I am pretty sure like up north, especially in indigenous communities, they still hunt elk, but in the Mm. city, like it's not really like Canadians don't like commonly go out and buy elk. It's more like if you live up north, you would be eating that. Yeah. Is, is Toronto known for any specific dishes? I don't think so. I mean, let me think like poutine. Did I just make that up? That's more of a Quebec thing. Okay. People, I think tourists definitely get poutine in Toronto because they know it as like a Canadian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not as good as like what you would get in Quebec. Um, honestly, I don't think we really have anything that's super okay. Toronto. So for these three restaurants that you recommend recommended, um, should we plan on making reservations? Uh, okay. I would say if you're coming when there's still pandemic restrictions, yes, Um, because Toronto is still like, we still have quite a lot of restrictions for the pandemic. So a lot of the restaurants are only operating with outdoor space, um, Mm -hmm. which means they fill up really fast. So I think if you can make a reservation, definitely do. Um, La Palette for sure, make a reservation. Tandu Ramen and Pow Wow Cafe, you can show up. Um, You may have to wait a little bit. but if you, yeah, have the bandwidth, like make a reservation because then you won't have to wait. Okay. And then what's the tipping etiquette like? Ooh, okay. Tipping in Toronto. Um, people find this controversial, but you tip like 18 to 20% generally. Um, mm. If I, if you find service like is not great, then you would tip like 15%, but you must tip. Yes. Okay. Got it. <laughs> And then Kensington Market, is that a thing that you have to do? And I asked because I saw that they have like an international food tour. And I also saw that you had a guide to Kensington Market. Oh, so 
I can like give you the lowdown on what Kensington market is. Cause I guess it is yeah. like confusing. It used to be like an actual market and now it, it's really just the name of a neighborhood and it's really oh. popular because it, it has like a very artistic roots and um, it's very community oriented. A lot of the people that have lived in Kensington have lived there like for generations or for decades. Um, so there's a strong, strong community there and a lot of like really amazing shops that have been there just for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is like very arts based. So you'll find like handmade crafts there. Um, there's also restaurants and bars that you can go to. There's breweries. Um, it's just like a really nice neighborhood to walk around because it's just super lively. And in the summer on Sundays, they shut down the streets. So you'll see a lot of like performance in the streets there, um, because the cars like aren't coming through. So, um, it's just like a really cool spot to hang out. What about St. Lawrence market? Is that a neighborhood or is it like an actual... I know like tourists will hate me for saying this, but like, I would not tell anyone to go there. Like, it's nice. It's pretty, but it's very, it's just very like curated for tourists. It's not real Toronto. Like you're not going to see, I would never go there. There's like no reason that I would ever go there. It's not Toronto like a local. No. Got it. Cool. Okay. So next segment is where to drink. Tell us the top two or three places to go, you know, grab a drink. Ooh, so my like absolute favorite is called Ooh. the Drom Taberna. Um, it's an Eastern European inspired bar. Um, that's like really popular in the city because they bring in like such good music. Um, they make cocktails, they have craft beer, and they also serve like really good Eastern European food. Um, so during the day, it's like got a pretty chill laid back vibe. And in the evenings, like it gets like way more exciting. People are dancing. The music is like always so much fun and the drinks they make are just so good. What's your go-to drink? I, okay. Like everywhere I go, I get a Negroni. I'm obsessed with Negronis. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't matter where I am. That's what I'm going to try to order. Mm -hmm. Um, and otherwise, I don't know. I'm a pretty big beer person. Like Toronto has a really strong craft beer culture. And so every bar you go to here, like there's going to be local beers that are made in the city. And so I'll usually opt for one of those because I love a lot of the local breweries here. Okay. I really tried so hard to get into the Negroni game. Um, (laughs) it like got to a point where I was going like every time I went out, like I would try to get one and I would like, fingers crossed, I would like it. I can't. I, it's a very acquired taste. It is an acquired taste, but I also, I used to work in restaurants like for context and I worked for like a higher end Italian restaurant at one point. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on how it's made and if it's made correctly, a lot of people mess it up. And once you have one bad Negroni, it like turns you off it. But then Mm -hmm. if you finally like have one that's been made correctly, it's a completely different experience. I wouldn't order one at a more like, it's better to order one at a proper cocktail bar where they know what okay. they're doing. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. I, I haven't tried one in se- several months, so maybe I've had my time off. Maybe I'll come back and my taste buds will, will like it. If you come to Toronto, I'll bring you to a cocktail bar and we'll, we'll get okay. a good Negroni. Yes. I'd love that. I ordered a Negroni like five years ago thinking it was an Aperol spritz. Oh no. And I was like, well, I don't think I'd ever had either one of them, but I was like, this, I don't, I don't see everybody loving this. Like, I don't know. Is it just me? But Stephanie, I will say when we were in Texas earlier this year, Ryan's dad made some Negronis and like, they were, I mean, I don't know if he was making it the right, like the right way or not, but, um, it was actually like, I liked the Negroni that he made us. Oh, that's good. Like you could get it down. Cause some I've tried and I it's like, it down, I can't yes. get it down. Like, yeah, you can't no. drink it. Sorry. That's happened to me too. Like I I've made the mistake of like trying to order a Negroni in a pub where they mm-hmm. don't make them. And it's just like, it's disgusting. Like yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. All right. Well, what is your next recommendation on where to drink? Um, so this is more of a cocktail bar, civil liberties it's called. Um, it's a really small bar that has like, people describe it as like a speakeasy vibe. Um, and it's known for having really talented bartenders. Um, so the bar doesn't have a formal menu. Um, 
you basically just like talk to the bartender and they'll give you some suggestions. Sometimes you can tell them like, oh, these are like drinks that I like or ingredients that I like, and they'll create something for you, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, I like dropping by that spot because like you always get to try something new. Mm-hmm. In what neighborhood are these, are these places that you are recommending in? So Drum Taberna is in Queen Street West, uh, which is a really cool neighborhood to check out. And it's pretty accessible from downtown. It's known as like a sort of shopping district, but it also has a lot of bars and restaurants. And Civil Liberties is on Bloor Street in Koreatown. Um, so that's a little bit further up, but it's super accessible by the TTC. Okay, amazing. And what is your final recommendation on where to drink? So I had to throw a brewery in there just because I, like I told you guys, like people love breweries here. Um, And my personal favorite is called Blood Brothers. Um, So it's a brewery, but it also is a bar and a bottle shop. Um, In the summer, especially, it's really nice to just hang on their patio and try the different beers that they're making because they rotate beers a lot. So like every time you go, there will be something new to try. Um, They have one called Blood Light which is like a joke about Bud Light. And (laughs) apparently, so like when this beer first came out, everyone in Toronto was laughing their heads off because they actually made a label for the beer that was like joking about, like they were kind of pretending to be Bud Light as a joke. And apparently Bud Light like reached out to them through legal and was like, you can't have a label that looks like our beer. It was really funny. Some oh little, gosh. some Toronto drama for you. Yeah. Toronto drums. Love that. Um, and then I don't think any of our listeners are 18 and under, but the, the drinking age is 18, right? Or is it 21? No, it's 18. Oh, fine. Sh- May- no, it's 19. It's 18 in Quebec and 19 in Ontario. Oh, interesting. Is it when you like turn 18 or 19 or when you turned 18, was it like a big deal? Did you have a big party or no? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I would say it was a big deal. The thing is like, I definitely drank legally before then. Yeah. Um, So it was, it it was just cool to like, be able to go to a bar and have a real ID. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure it's the same with Americans. Like I've actually, like I partied in the U S with some friends when they were still like not legal yet. And just everyone had a fake ID. Yeah. That's pretty much how it goes. But then like everybody's 21st birthday is huge, a huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it weird or have you been to the U S when you weren't 20, like b- before you turned 21, is it, and was it weird? Like, yeah, you're like, definitely. what do you mean? I can, I can drink in my com- country. Why can't. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely find that weird. And like, <sighs> I'm trying to remember what it was like. I just remember being like, Oh, I'm like less of an adult here. <laughs> Yeah, it was was strange. I think like most Canadians think that 21 is kind of an absurd age, like especially because you're in university already. It's like everyone's drinking anyways, like you might as well legalize it. And I actually like I have Dutch family and in the Netherlands, um, you're of age when you're 16. And my Dutch family is like, if you like make it legal younger, then teenagers are more likely to learn how to drink like in a more casual way with their family versus like going straight into the university partying phase. So I would actually say like, I think the ages should be lower and we should just trust parents to teach their kids properly. Yeah. I completely agree. It's less of a deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Uh, in Europe, like people don't, it's not a big deal when you're of age. That's like mm -hmm. a very North American thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, well, now that we're full from all this food, we're a little tipsy. Let's talk about things to do. So Aaron, what are some activities or sites you'd recommend someone to see or do in Toronto? Toronto. Um, Toronto. Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) So first I would say the Toronto islands. A lot of people don't know this, but there are actually islands, um, just like off the, so for, for like a mental picture, Toronto is on the edge of Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of waterfront. Um, so when you go down to the waterfront, you can see the Toronto islands, um, which are just a little collection of small islands that are not that far. I think they're like two kilometers off the coast, I guess, of Toronto. And they're super accessible by ferry or by taxi. 
Um, you can take a boat taxi over and it's a really special place in Toronto because there's beaches, you can run a bike and cycle all around. There's like a lighthouse on one of them. Um, and you also get like the best sunset views there, um, just in general, but also of the cityscape. So from the islands, you just get like the most incredible view of the city. Do people live on those islands? On one of them? Yes. Um, it's like kind of a joke in Toronto that like, if you grew up on the island, you're a bit wacky because like people on the islands, like they live like a completely different life than in the city. Um, but yeah, it's like not that many. I think there's like a pretty small population, like 200 people or something. I was wondering, (laughs) I would just didn't know if there were like restaurants on these islands or like schools Mm. or, or something. There are, but not many. I, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's a school. I think actually island kids come, come like across to the city to go to school, um, depending on their age on the islands that like tourists would go to, like that local Torontonians go to as well. Um, there's like a few pubs, there's, there's a couple restaurants, but it's a good idea to bring some food, I would say, because like, they're usually pretty busy, the restaurants there. Okay. So that would be like a day thing. Like you're staying in the city take the ferry into the islands and then go home at night. Yeah. Cool. Fun. Love that. And then I would say like, I think it's really fun for tourists just to walk around and explore the different neighborhoods. Um, one that's like really fun to explore is Chinatown, which is on this really famous street called Spadina. Um, you'll notice like, it's just like a completely different world there. All the signage is in multiple languages. There are people there who like barely speak English and it's just like a very cultural center of the city. Um, so there's like shopping you can do. There's really, really good restaurants there. Like you will get the best pho there. Um, and it's right next to Kensington market. So you can go from Chinatown into Kensington, which makes for a nice day of just exploring on foot. I have just a super American question. Um, have you ever been to Chinatown in New York? I think I have, but I don't really remember. Where is it? Is it in Lower Manhattan? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to, I think I did go, but I don't really remember. Um, okay. I was just going to, my American question was, how does it compare? Hair. <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell you because, like, I don't really re- like thinking that because I've been to New York a lot, and thinking the fact that I can't remember Chinatown in New York tells me that it's not like as distinctive as it is mm-hmm. here. Like okay. in Toronto, yeah. like you know that you're in Chinatown, but I really can't remember about New York. Next month, I'm gonna go. Like my partner hasn't been, so we'll go to Chinatown, and I will report okay, and that. Report I'm back. curious now. Yeah. Um. All right. Back to Toronto. What is one more recommendation that you activity recommendation you would recommend? Um. I would say go to one of Toronto's museums. We have so many amazing museums. There's the AGO, which is the Art Gallery of Ontario. Um, if you go there, like definitely go to the section of the museum that's um, dedicated to Indigenous art. Um, it's a really great way to like learn a little bit about Indigenous history of the city and of the country um, and see some Indigenous art. And there's usually like special exhibitions going on all around the city. So if you do some Googling, you can, can usually find something unique. Like right now, there's a Van Gogh exhibit that's immersive. Um that the city is super excited about. So if you do a little bit of research, you can usually find something cool. And my other favorite museum is the Aga Khan, which is a little bit outside of the city, but it's a museum that's um, dedicated to like Middle Eastern history and they do a really good job. It's like a really awesome museum. So I had a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. Um, One, Casa Loma, the castle. (laughs) Is that a cool thing or is that touristy? Do we sound like like Americans? The, Casa Loma, the castle. Yeah. Do you know it? <laughs> oh my God. It's funny though. Cause like, I, I don't think I've ever been. Cause it's just like, I'm a, I live here. So I wouldn't yeah. go there. I, th- I think it's probably cool. You know what? I'm actually making dinner reservations there because they have a really nice restaurant that apparently gives you a really nice view of the city. And it's cool because you're like sitting 
being on this like stone patio outside of the castle. And so I would say like, definitely go to their restaurant for dinner. I'm not sure if like the tours inside the castle are any good. Um, and I wish I could tell you the history of that building. Cause it definitely has an interesting history. I just like, don't know what it is. It looks gorgeous. It's one thing I know about it is it's a 98 room castle. That's mm-hmm. all I wrote down. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Um, also, uh, what about the CN tower? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, <laughs> wait, you're going to love this, Aaron. You're going to love this. Um, the CN tower. I don't know where this afternoon I saw that somebody said it was the seventh one, one of the seven wonders <laughs> of the world. It? No, she it's not me today. It's not, it like, can't be. No, it's not. But it's I, not even for, the tallest tower anymore. For a good hour. I was like, how did I not know that the CN tower, the thing that the CN tower is the Drake's album cover the one that he's like sitting off of. I was like, how did I not know that that wasn't one of the major seven, whatever. Um, yeah, no, it's not. I don't know why somebody's telling lies on the internet. Cause it's not, you should believe everything that you read on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us about that. Um, tell us about this eighth wonder <laughs> of the world. Tell us about this tower. Do you know? <laughs> so it's tower. really, really tall. It's a super tall tower in the city and it's like smack downtown. And I don't know what to tell you other than it's just really tall and it's famous because it's so tall. It is cool because it's like, it makes the Toronto city line really distinctive. So wherever you are in the city, like you can pretty much always see the CN Tower poking up. And if you go to the Toronto islands, like the view is really cool because you see the tower there, like standing up. I can send you guys a picture. Um, But yeah, it's like really distinctive. And I know you can go up the tower and I have done it. It's like every kid in Ontario like does that with their parents at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absurdly expensive. It's probably like $60 at this point. I don't know if it's like worth the money. It could be. I think like if you went at sunset, it might be cool because you can see during the day and also like with all the lights of the city. Um, but I actually think it's like more cool to just see it from the ground. Like definitely it's worth swinging by and at least standing at the bottom of the scene tower, just to like get a sense for how tall it really is, because Mm -hmm. it is pretty, it's pretty nuts how tall it is. It's right next to the stadium where they do blue Jays games, which is the, um, baseball team in Toronto. Um, so like a fun thing to do is go get Blue Jays tickets and go to a game. And then when you leave like a little bit buzzed, you can like stare up at the tower and like lose your balance. It's the one that kind of looks like a spaceship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it kind of like, would you say it's similar to the Empire State Building? Such an American thing to say, I'm sure. I feel like the Empire State Building is cooler. because Okay, that's history. what I was wondering. And it's more like- beautiful. The CN Tower is not that beautiful. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Cause I've been to the empire state building. I mean, it was like over 15 years ago, but like, it was cool or like top of the rock, whichever. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It's like, I would go back as an adult. So that's why I was asking. Yeah. Okay. I've been to top of the rock, but should I do the empire state building? So I've never been to top of the rock. Mm, okay. I've heard that it's just like a less, I've heard that top of the rock is still like great views, but it's cheaper. And then there's less of a line. Mm. I mean, I thought the Empire State Building was really cool. I was in seventh grade. I mean, I don't think it's in, if you've already done Top of the Rock. Then maybe not bother. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to tell you not to go though, if you want to go. I mean, it's iconic. I'll leave it up to Lucas because he hasn't been to New York. So yes. it'll be his pick, I think. And then the last thing was, so I know that, hockey is like huge in Canada is the hockey hall of fame for hockey fans or non-hockey fans. Is it cool? I haven't been, so I don't, I don't know. I wonder if I know anyone who's been, it's definitely for tourists. I think from what I've heard too, like now that I'm thinking about it, it's a lot of like the history of hockey in Canada. So I think like for a visitor, it would probably be more interesting than for someone from here because like we all know it. 
So if you don't know anything about like hockey in Canada, then maybe it's worth going. Well, we went down a huge spiral. So apologies there. Um, we can move into our next segment, which is the rapid fire round. It's rapid fire round. So number one, what is the most Instagrammable spot? Polson Pier. And it's because it is a pier that like stretches out into Lake Ontario. So you have a really beautiful view of the city behind you. Um, so yeah, pretty epic spot for the Instagram. There's, are there a lot of, um, there's a lot of boat tours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then how far away is Niagara Falls? (laughs) I literally just went to Niagara Falls yesterday. Do you know that waterfall, the Niagara waterfall? I think it's big. It's (laughs) also in Canada, also the U (laughs) S yeah. Okay. It's like an hour and a half from Uh, Toronto you can take a tour you can take public transport you can drive yourself um definitely do it as a day trip because the Canadian side like we call it the Vegas of Canada that's like not as Uh, fun as Vegas because it's just like (laughs) kitschy attractions like it's really not worth your time seeing the falls is cool but you don't need to spend more than a day there okay have you been on the U.S. side the U.S. U.S. side okay I have been there the U.S. side isn't as good a view but the attractions are better. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, you okay? You watch- yeah. No, oh. I was just trying to <laughs> see if this was worth me asking. Do you watch The Office? Yes. I love The Office. Would you say <laughs> it's, you're like, wow, I'm really glad Jim and Pam decided to get married there. That's a really cool place to go visit. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is not a Niagara Falls episode, but- I've never been. So it's funny because we like we literally went there yesterday and we were looking oh, at like wow. the boats going down there and we were like Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason um, I know about Grant in New York. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know about it either. Um okay. <laughs> What's your favorite pizza spot? Um, oh, there's so many, but probably Pizzeria Libretto. What is the best? What's your favorite Toronto event? Toronto event. Um, the Toronto International Film Festival, for sure. Um, for background, like I did a degree in cinema studies. So I like spent many years going to the festival. But even if you're just doing like one film, it's a really, really cool experience. Do you have to pay to get in or? Yes. Okay. And buy your tickets in advance. Is it, um, would you recommend, is it okay to do just like one day? Yeah, for sure. I would say like, so the festival itself is really just screenings. Um, there'll be like screenings of different films. So what you do is you look up online, the films that they're showing, um, and then you just buy a ticket for the one you want to go to. And the difference between like that and just like going to see a regular movie is that there's usually Q and A's and like other segments to the show than just like seeing just the film. Um, and it's also just a cool time to be in Toronto because there's so many like celebrities around. You'll see a lot of like very famous people, um, just like walking around the city, which is cool. What's your favorite place to grab wine and cheese? Um, La Palette again. <laughs> favorite coffee shop? Voodoo Child. Um, they are a coffee shop by day and actually a cocktail, um, cocktail bar by night. So if you go at like six o'clock, you can have a coffee and then like an hour later have a cocktail. I love that. You can have a coffee cocktail. Espresso, yeah. espresso martini. <laughs> Um, okay. Best season to visit. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're asking that. (laughs) I think like for some people, there might be some novelty in coming in winter just because like you'll experience Canadian winter, but winter in Toronto kind of sucks. Like a lot of people, we just kind of like, we become recluse in our apartments because it's too cold to leave in the summer. The energy is like super different and it's just like everyone's out walking around it's I think it's a much more fun time to be in Toronto okay what is your favorite place to grab dessert or ice cream or both um there's a really popular shop uh downtown called Uncle Tetsu's and they make Japanese cheesecake you'll probably have to wait for a while in a line to get your cheesecake but it's worth it 
Are there places that say like, oh, we also make Japanese cheesecake, but it's just not the same? I think like their claim to fame is that Uncle Tetsu's is actually like a Japanese chain that happens to like have one in Toronto. But no, I don't think there's any knockoffs. Okay. If there are, they're like not, they're not lasting because like Uncle Tetsu's is too good. All right. So you have one place to go to and one place only. Yeah. Favorite local business. Ooh, there's so many, um, but I'm a big plant person. I have a lot of plants in my house and I really love crown flora. Um, it's probably one of the best plant shops in the city. They're super creative. They bring in like really interesting plants. They also do like workshops, which are fun. So you can like do a workshop to like make your own terrarium type thing. Um, so yeah, all the hipsters in Toronto go there for their plants. I'd have to hit that place up too. (laughs) And last but not least, what is the number one tourist trap? I would say the Eaton center. I don't know why tourists want to go there. It's just a mall. Okay. Okay. It's just like a big mall. It's a huge mall. Apparently it has like a cool ceiling. I don't know. It's just shopping. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go for the ceiling. Like all the tourists go there though. And I I don't understand why. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what I don't understand? Katie? What? You've made it this far and I I haven't noticed. I was literally just about to ask. Without, without gum. You have, you have gum in your mouth. Oh, has it been bad? I don't know. And now I'm gonna we're gonna notice. be editing this and I'm gonna be like, <laughs> she's chewing gum. I thought it's you were okay. about to- what yeah, what do you think I was gonna say? I thought you were going. Do you have targets? Oh, no. do you? <gasps> no, I wish we did. Oh, I know Katie Americans wouldn't- love Target. Yeah, Katie wouldn't be able to come and visit. <laughs> I couldn't live there. I couldn't live there. Oh, (laughs) do you have another target equivalent? Not really. No. Oh, what a bummer. We just have like, (laughs) I think the closest thing we have to target is probably Walmart. And I know it's not the same. I want to go to target so bad. I also love you guys have this grocery store that I'm obsessed with. What is it? Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. I love it. Oh yeah. I don't know why. I just like the the second I'm in America, I have to go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. It's a good spot. I do think Trader Joe's is worth the hype for sure. They make like really good, like bathroom products, like shampoos and stuff. Mm -hmm. I always get that stuff and their hot sauce. They make really good hot sauce. Mm -hmm. I just, I miss Trader Joe's. Yeah. They have a lot of goodies. Um, but all right. So before we wrap, what is your number one travel tip to share with our listeners? So it could be like a product or a mantra, a podcast, you can, your podcast. Yeah. You can plug your podcast. Our podcast. Um, yeah, my tip would be like, obviously to listen to my podcast, which is called alpaca my bags. Um, and the reason why is cause like I built the podcast as like a tool for like learning about travel and like exploring like more sensitive topics like related to travel um so just in hosting the show I have learned so much like every episode I talk to a really interesting person who just provides like so much information and perspective about topics like things like dark tourism or like we were saying earlier um wildlife tourism and I just feel like it's made me a bit more of a responsible traveler and I hope it does the same for listeners yes were you a big fan of Anthony Bourdain I was yeah are you gonna see his movie I've heard like that they, I've heard there's like controversy around the fact that they, what's it called when they like, there's a term for it. They faked some of the things he said in the movie. So there's like controversy around it, but I'll probably see it when it's not in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's at least in America, it's about to hit, I think HBO or Amazon. Um, Oh, if it's on prime, I should be able to watch it. I think I, that's what my husband said. Cause I was like, I don't think I want to go to the theaters to see it because I, I know it's going to be emotional. Yeah. yeah. Be a wreck. Definitely. I, I went to this. Okay. When I was in India with my partner, like we were obsessed with Anthony Bourdain, like during that trip, like every night we would just watch him on YouTube, like different YouTube mm. episodes. And we watched like all of his India content, obviously, and went to like all the places that he went to in India. And I have this photo of myself 
in this shop in this like town, like out in the desert in Rajasthan. And it's a Banglasi shop, which is where they like mix weed into this like yogurt drink. And there's this episode of Anthony Bourdain when he goes and he drinks the Banglasi and then goes out into the desert all stoned. And we went to that shop and the guys like had this huge photo of him, like with his bang lassie. And it was just like, (laughs) it was so funny. And all the guys there were like, yeah, we love Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Wait, did you try any bang lassie? I didn't. I was too scared. Yeah. You think (laughs) it's strong? um, From what they told us, no, but that's the thing. Like you just never know. And my, like I'll smoke weed every once in a while, but I'm by far like not a big weed person so mm-hmm. I didn't want to yeah. risk it yeah um I know that we're running over but I just have one more question um and you kind of answered it already but now I want an alternative answer have you ever been to no okay I saw Stephanie's face and that oh, was no I'm fine no I can't wait to hear what you're about to say <laughs> I don't know have you been to any parts unknown places outside of India. the India, India? Yeah. Yeah. I've been to a couple. I'm pretty sure, uh, Jordan, there's a couple places he goes to in Jordan, which I've been to like Petra and Wadi Rum, which is like the famous desert in Jordan and also Myanmar. I'm pretty sure he's episodes in Myanmar, um, which is in Southeast Asia. And there's definitely other places, but I can't remember. I'd have to look through the list of his parts unknown episodes. He only went through a, to a few places. So I don't know why you can't just figure that <laughs> off, figure out that out at the top of your head. <laughs> Katie with the jokes today. (laughs) Um, Okay. And last but not least, where can our listeners find you on social media and where can they find your podcast? Um, So you can find me on social media under Pina Travels. So that's at P-I-N-A-T-R-A-V-E-L-S. That's my personal account and my blog account. And then the podcast you can find on social it's at alpaca my bags pod. Um, and if you want to listen to the podcast, just search alpaca my bags in whatever podcast app you use and it will show up. Amazing. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, we can't wait to come and visit you in Toronto. Yes. Oh, you nailed it. That. Thank you. <laughs> and that, and that is a wrap on Toronto, Canada. Toronto, Ontario, Ontario. Canada. (laughs) Uh, If you enjoyed more of Toronto, you want more of Toronto. It is quite large. Let us know what Ontario, what Toronto, Torontorian. Let us know what Torontorian we should interview next. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please tell your music producer if you have one. Tell your, um, your mailman if you have one. I do. So I would tell him if I talk to him. And then also just tell the local uh, bread maker. Oh, yeah. We've all got those. Okay, Lots of local yeah. bread bread makers. Um, but yeah, if you found any value, please tell those people in your life. Next week, we will be in Tampa, Florida. But until then, have yourself a week. And sayonara. sayonara. Cool. Fun. <laughs> <laughs>